Good morning. Today is Thursday, September 29th, 2022. I'd like to start this morning with two axioms. Number one, whenever we talk about Jewish law and Jewish values concerning protecting health and living healthy, getting treatment, setting aside certain mitzvos in order to attend to protecting life and health, we always include emotional and mental health alongside an equivalent to physical health. It has exactly the same importance, the same criteria. So, for example, taking medicine, seeking treatment, avoiding risk, whatever is called for for one is exactly called for for the other. That's axiom number one. Axiom number two. Among many people, too many people, there is a stigma attached to emotional or mental illness. And that stigma, stigma is very destructive because, number one, that stigma itself can exacerbate the problem. And number two, it can and does lead all too many people not to get the help that they need, not to ask for the help, and not to follow it when it is available. And that is not right. From a Torah point of view, from the point of view of Jewish values and Jewish law, a person has to take as seriously mental and emotional issues as physical issues. And we need to speak openly about mental health and emotional health, just like we do about physical health and illness. Mental illness is not a weakness. It is not a lack of morality or a lack of self-control. A person cannot snap out of it just as a person cannot snap out of cancer or some other debilitating illness. So what I want to do this morning for just a few moments is to apply these two axioms to Yom Kippur. We're familiar with the concept. Anyone who needs to eat or drink on Yom Kippur, which is, of course, a biblical fast day, but anyone who needs to eat or drink on Yom Kippur for health reasons should discuss this with a rabbi in advance of Yom Kippur to determine if and how they should go about this. This is a subject with many nuanced details and every person is unique and different. There are three categories of people when it comes to Yom Kippur and fasting. The largest category are those who are healthy. They should fast, not to eat, not to drink, on Yom Kippur, as the Torah says. There's a second category of people who are seriously ill, who must eat and drink as much as they need on Yom Kippur. There is a third category, a middle category, of people who have a certain kind of condition or illness or risk, and for them, 
the advice may be to eat and to drink, but to limit the amounts spread out over time in order to reduce what would be considered the infraction of Yom Kippur. So, as I said, before Yom Kippur, a person should consult with a, someone who is an expert in this area of Jewish law, as well as someone that has access to medical information necessary to answer these questions. And in all of these questions, mental health is equivalent to physical health concerning taking medication, concerning food or liquid with medication, if that's necessary, concerning eating or drinking in the face of a risk of an adverse outcome, the same need for consulting in advance with someone that has specific expertise in these areas. For example, it is specialized knowledge to be able to know how to help a person who's dealing with, let's say, an eating disorder where fasting on Yom Kippur could possibly cause a very, very serious outcome. Or a person who is taking medication for depression or anxiety, or feels that they may have such an episode or other conditions. So all of these subjects need to be treated seriously and openly, and need to be discussed in advance so that a person has a plan of what they're going to do on Yom Kippur. Beyond that specific subject, Yom Kippur, in a wider sense, holds some very significant concerns for those people who are facing mental illness. What I want to share with you this morning is largely based on an essay written by Rabbi Avraham Rosenzweig who is the director and the founder of an amazing organization that was founded recently called Magle Nefesh, the Center for Mental Health, Community, and Halakha, an organization in Israel. And Rabbi Rosenzweig wrote this article, Mental Health and the High Holidays, some of which I want to share with you this morning. The first thing is that a in order to, for all of us, to encounter the high holidays, it takes a lot of mental bandwidth, mental energy. There are heavy issues. There are emotional subjects. It could be relating to our personal life, our family life. It could be relating to some of the themes of sin, of asking for forgiveness, of remembering our past. For all of us, it takes a certain amount of emotional energy just to engage. Some people who are going through a difficult time mentally or emotionally, that engagement may destabilize them. It may be unhealthy for them. There may be people who simply do not have the mental energy to interact with the high holidays this year. And we need to be understanding 
of such individuals, and we need to support them just as we would support a person who, for physical reasons, is not able to attend synagogue or fast or hear the shofar on Rosh Hashanah or any of the other mitzvahs that go along with these holidays. Another aspect has to do with the main subject of Yom Kippur, which is teshuva, repentance, asking God for forgi- and each other for forgiveness for our sins. There is an aspect to repentance where we have to confess our sins. On Yom Kippur, we do this at great length. We have long lists of sins that we confess before God. And we express our shame and our guilt over having violated these commandments and committing these sins. And we express how badly we feel about it. Now, for a healthy person, those expressions can be positive in the sense that we know, we have certainty that they will lead to a result where God will forgive our sins if we are sincere. And the outcome is an outcome of joy and great gladness. Our sages tell us Yom Kippur is the happiest day of the year. And that is true. That is how we should feel. So we go through these feelings of remembering our mistakes and remembering our shortcomings. But as a way of leading to feeling better, we end Yom Kippur on an emotional high. That's what is supposed to happen. But for someone who is undergoing an emotional or a mental challenge, there could be a fear that going through the first part of that, they could get stuck. If they are spending time thinking about their mistakes, they're spending time thinking about the past, they're encouraged to feel guilty, to feel filled with shame. Let's remember some of the lines of the prayers that we say, which again, for a healthy person, are part of a process that will lead to joy. But for a person who, God forbid, is considering suicide, God forbid, experiencing depression or anxiety, prayers such as, it would have been better for man never to have been created. We say the prayer, I stand before you, God, that like a utensil that is filled with shame and guilt. What are we? What are our lives? What point is there to everything? How are we even considered in God's eyes? Hakal Hevel, everything is vanity and worthless. Again, for a healthy person, who understands that this is part of a process that leads to purification and forgiveness and atonement, that can be very helpful. But for a person who is suffering from emotional or mental difficulties, perhaps they should avoid those prayers. They should omit those prayers because that could lead to very serious outcomes. 
And just like we would set aside some of the rules of Yom Kippur about eating and drinking for someone who is sick, we would certainly set aside saying some of the prayers for someone who that would be a trigger in a negative manner for. A person who's facing the challenge of compulsion or obsession in a serious way, having to engage in that aspect of teshuva, of remembering all of our mistakes of the past year, that could lead a person, God forbid, into a loop of trying to remember everything, but it's not possible, and never giving up, and getting a person into a very, very bad place of having to try to review and remember every single mistake that they made. It can cause a burden on a person that is not part of a positive, constructive process, but that, God forbid, leads them down into a very, very dark place, a dangerous place. They should avoid this. And in a wider sense, this will relate to our general attitude to Yom Kippur. Teshuva, repentance, literally means, the word means to return, to return to God. And as I have mentioned, there are two aspects to it. There is the aspect of remembering what we did wrong, and there is also the aspect of wanting to come closer to God. A person who is undergoing certain mental illness challenges for whom remembering everything they did wrong would be harmful, should avoid, should omit that part of it and focus on the other part. I want to come closer to God. Instead of listing and reviewing all of my mistakes, I want to list and review all of my strengths that could allow me to come closer to God. There's a famous prayer. Many of us are familiar with this prayer that we say in these days leading up to it, including Yom Kippur. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King. Of course, we mean to suggest with this that we have a dual relationship with God. We have a relationship with God where God is for us a loving parent who wants to forgive us, who wants us to be close. And we also have a relationship with God as a melech, as a sovereign one who gives us rules, one to whom we must be obedient, one who can punish us if we've done something wrong. Some people in their relationship with God may veer towards one phrase or to the other. Of course, the prayer of Vinu Malkenu is meant to suggest we need to have both of these relationships in some balance. But it could very well be that for some people, for whom this becomes a serious issue, we need to concentrate on the Avinu relationship and not on the Malkenu relationship, because that could lead downward in a way that could be dangerous to them. And of course, if we have a relationship with God, if we are thinking about and emphasizing and embracing the relationship with God as a loving parent, then we are able to recognize, I'm not going to be perfect. I'm not going to do it all right. But in in spite of that, a parent will always love a child unconditionally. I don't have to be perfect in order to be loved by God. And that is true. 
And we can be confident that our parent, our loving, forgiving parent, will forgive us on Yom Kippur. So in terms of the narrow details of fasting, also in terms of which prayers to say, which prayers to omit, and in the larger sense of which aspects of Yom Kippur we should embrace and which aspects we may have to leave to the side for now, we should be very careful to protect our life and our health and to look out for others to make sure that they are doing okay, both physically and mentally, because both have equal importance and need equal protection. My friends, I want to wish you a great day, and I wish for all of us that Yom Kippur will be a safe, healthy, promising day leading to joy and closeness with God. Have a great day.